So this morning we're looking at the pursuit of peace. And I've picked Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30 as my text, if you'd like to turn there and follow along. Just three little verses um, there, famous verses of Jesus that speak of peace or rest. And uh, verse 28 will talk to us about what to do to find peace. Uh, verse 29 will talk about how to do it. And then verse 30 will talk about why to do it. Okay, so we'll look at those. What to do, how to do it, and why to do it. First of all, what to do. Verse 28 says this. Jesus says, speaking, Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay? This is what you do. If you are weary, if you are burdened, if you find your life laborious, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Aren't those sweet words? They're so sweet. Mm. You know, you don't have to live long to find out that life is hard, do you? I mean, really hard, right? Really hard. So some really challenging moments, financial pressures and health issues and loneliness and isolation and strained relationships and unsatisfying jobs and struggling families. I mean, it's, it's, it's just life can be filled with pressure and we feel sometimes like we're on our last nerve, right? Just one more little thing and we're just going to tip. And yet Jesus is like, don't live that way. Come to me and find rest. And he recognized that living as humans on this planet was laborious and difficult and heavy laden and stressful and created anxiety and sometimes depression and these kinds of things. And Jesus says, I am the answer if you will come to me. Now, in the first century, Jesus had a unique culture in mind as he speaks these words. In the book of Matthew, he's speaking primarily to Jewish people, though all of us can benefit from that, and he has in mind the Jewish people who are burdened by the teaching of the Pharisees. That's what he has in mind here. And they taught, it says in Matthew 23, 4, Jesus speaking to these Pharisees, says, you tie them up with heavy burdens, too hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. And what the Pharisees were doing was giving uh, the Jewish people, the religious leaders of their day, a meticulous set of laws that went way beyond what God would ask of them and expected them to keep them in order to be right with God and with the religious community. And so they had to perform at this really high level. And, and, and Paul, the Apostle Paul, was one of those Pharisees and came to understand the error of his ways. And he said, all of that, he says in Philippians 3, is garbage. <laughs> You are meant to be free in Jesus and uh, the law is to be taken off your shoulders as something you have to keep to be right with God. You're made right with God simply by grace. Through faith, you're given freedom and free forgiveness is found in Christ. And so get off that gerbil wheel of trying to constantly perform and meet the expectations of others around us. Like we, and we can feel this even today, right? There's this great pressure, I think, in the, sort of the social media to have everything together and to present it in ways that make us look good to other people. And it can be so burdensome in performing in our jobs and in our cities in various ways to uh, be such pressure to rob us 
of peace. In, in one of my really discouraging days when I was in a deep depression and, and was in some serious mental health issues and uh, was in some group therapy and sat in a group of people and listened to their story, everybody in that circle was a perfectionist. <laughs> and we were all depressed out of our guards. <laughs> because <laughs> none of us were perfect or anywhere close to it, right? You can't do it. You can't make it. This is why we have the gospel, right? The gospel says that we are made right with God apart from anything we do. And so we long for peace and rest in our souls, but we turn to solutions that are wholly inadequate. Some people look for peace in their finances and to build up a big bank account, and they think if I get to a certain level, then I'll have peace in my soul. And they get there, and they just find out, oh, I got more money to worry about. <laughs> right? it, doesn't, it doesn't work. And Jesus said, I am the path to peace. I am the prince of peace. John 16, says, I have said these things to you, that in me, me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so Jesus says, in me you find peace. Time and time again, people would come to Jesus. He would lead them to faith, and then he would say to them, go in peace. And Jesus understood that the core to our unsettledness and our anxiousness, at the core, is a broken relationship with God. That we don't understand who God is and how he loves us and how he is for us if we give our lives to him. And it says in Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how you get peace. You find justification with God by faith. That when we trust Jesus as Savior, we are accepted by him apart from anything we do. He declares us innocent from all of our failings. You are accepted and you're loved and you're made his child and he is a good father to you and you rest in God as his child that he loves and is for and provides for you and cares for you and is your shelter and protector. You rest in him. And when we understand that justification by faith, we have peace with God, it says in this verse. Jesus said just a couple verses ahead of the text that um, I'm looking at this morning that we're to come like little children. Right? Verse 25 says, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. We're to come with the simple faith of a child and trust. Uh, my wife and I's grandson, Luke, turned two this week. And uh, he had his birthday in Los Angeles where he, he lives and uh, with his family there. And, um, you know, his little world is pretty pristine. You know, he's got parents that love him and teach him about Jesus and take him to church. And, and you know, he just naturally trusts them implicitly because they've been good to him. Trusts in their goodness, trusts that they'll feed him and trusts that they'll care for him and change his diaper when needed and provide things that bring him joy. They love giving him things that bring him joy on his birthday. He got some cool little gifts yesterday. And, uh, you know, that, that is, that's a peaceful place. <laughs> being with parents that love you and care for you in that way. And the Bible tells us that we have a Father in heaven 
that cares for us in all those similar ways and even better. Matthew 7, 11 says this, if you then who are evil, mom and dads, <laughs> know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? And so learning to see our Heavenly Father as those kind of parents that just love and care for us and take care of us and will provide every good thing for us because He is good and our souls just rest and find peace in that as we trust Him like little children. So that's what we're to do. We're to come to Jesus and trust Him. Two, how do we do this? Okay, how do we do this? Look at verse 29. This is this is interesting, almost surprising, really. Verse 29 says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Okay, this is the, the, the picture of a yoke. Do we have that picture, by chance? Does that get back to you guys? We don't have it. Okay. So, it's, if you picture um, cattle or oxen kind of harnessed up and pulling a cart or turning a wheel in ancient times, they have the yoke that's upon them. Um, that's what is being spoken of here. That cattle that are harnessed up, that are serving a purpose, doing work for their master. And it says, Jesus says that if you'll take my yoke upon you and learn from me, you will find rest for your souls. Now, this, is, this is a picture of us submitting to Jesus and to his leadership in our life and choosing him as our master to do as he asks us to do. And Jesus tells us that obedience to him as if we're yoked up to his yoke, doing what he wants us to do, that will bring peace. Obedience brings peace. There is something sweet about walking in obedience to Jesus. There is something satisfying and rest-giving and, and a fellowship with God that when we do things as he asks us to do, we have peace. All kinds of Christians try to live their life in disobedience and try to find peace in it, and you can't do it. You have to take his yoke upon you. And when we disobey, there's dissonance and groaning in our hearts. You've done this. You've tried it. It doesn't work. Psalm 32, David writes, verse 3 and 4, he says, For when I kept silent about my sin, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, and my strength was dried up as in the heat of summer. You will never have peace with God. You'll never walk in peace if you're not walking in obedience to Jesus. And he says, come and learn from me, right? Take, your, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We're to learn to obey. See, it, it isn't as easy as just say, okay, I'll do it, right? How many of you just set out to be good in the morning and pull it off, right? You can't do it. You're not, right? You're not good enough. None of us can. There's a learning process to learn how to obey and to learn how to do what he's asking us to do. It is work. Being a Christian and doing God's will is a toil. 
Right? Paul says, I labor more than anybody else. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. Colossians 1, 29, he says, I struggle with everything I have in his energy. Jesus said, if you want to obey me, you might have to just gouge out your eye in order to not look at things you shouldn't be looking at. Like that's, that's, a, that's an extreme hyperbole. But he's saying it is hard work to learn to obey. It's not as simple as Kevin saying, like, obey, and then we just go, okay, no problem. I'll go do it tomorrow. No, you won't. You're going to mess up tomorrow. Because it's hard work. It is. You and I need a lot of help and a lot of patience from parents, right? And teachers, and mentors, and counselors, right? And looking back, aren't we thankful for those people in our life? I remember my sixth grade teacher. At the end of the year, he gave a little line for every student. You know what mine was? I was called perpetual motion. Does that sound like a fun student to have in your class? No, that's a beast, right? And, and my dad, this is so humbling, he called me the mouth. Like I had an answer to everything. I knew everything. Ten years old and I knew everything. I had an answer, quick, quick like right? Try be my parents. That was miserable, right? It was. And, and I'm like going, like, thank you for giving me time and being patient and giving me grace and walking with me. And by the way, when you are called the mouth as a kid, you might become a preacher later on in life, right? See? See? God takes our broken places and he does good things with us. He does. And perpetual motion, you know, I got a lot of energy still. I'm kind of always still like, like Mary's like, stop shaking your leg. Like, relax a little. Chill out. But, but Jesus says... <clears throat> You come to me with your brokenness, right? You come to me with your struggles. You come to me with your weaknesses, and I am gentle and lowly. I'm patient, and I am kind, right? I, I don't get tired of you coming, right? I just don't. I, I love that you come. I'm not repulsed by your brokenness. I am patient, and I am gracious. And so um, we've got to come to him with all these struggles that we have that he can bring healing to our lives. Psalm 62, 8 says, pour out your heart to him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, seek him and you will find him. We've got to make an effort to come to Jesus to know him and experience his peace. It is effort. It takes time. We've got to do this. And you can do this, by the way. You can have a personal, intimate walk with Jesus that changes your life. You can do it. I promise you, everybody in this room, you can do it. You can know the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the guy that created the universe and created everybody in this room. You can walk with him personally. Just give it a shot. Promise you. Do it. Right? Some mornings I wake up. Do you have this problem? Probably, it's really not uncommon. I wake up unsettled. You ever that? I don't wake up in peace a lot of mornings. My soul is stirred and maybe I've had a nightmare and maybe, maybe I've got things coming at me tomorrow that are, that are difficult and, and I wonder what's going to happen. This is the honest to gosh truth. I have learned to meet with Jesus in a way that settles my heart before I have to leave that house. Almost every day I leave in peace because I've met with him. Read his word. Often the Psalms, because I can connect with the emotions, right? The fears and the anxieties and the angers and all the things. I, I read the Psalms amongst other things. And then I just pray, right? And Paul said, like, just pray about everything, right? With every little prayer and supplication. 
the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Like You can do this. You can walk out the door in peace in the morning, people. You can do it. You don't have to live on your last nerve. Like the first person you encounter just tips you over and you go off the wall. Like you don't, you don't have to live that way. You can settle it with God and walk out in peace and have His strength by His Spirit inside of you. I, when I first became a pastor back in 1990, I found it, oh my gosh, this is like it looked really romantic and cool to be a pastor. And then I got in it and found, oh my gosh, this is really hard and, and difficult and I'm not ready for this. So I put this big picture on my wall um, in my office of Jesus calming the storm. And it says, peace be still. And it just became my guide to trust in him and to lean on him and walk with him. My kids looked at it and they go, it says, please be still, right? <laughs> they were little. Peace be still. And I've often pictured myself as that man in Luke chapter 5 that was sick and couldn't get to Jesus because everybody was crowded around him and, and they let his friends got up on the top of the roof and opened up the tiles, imagine what that looked like, and let him down in front of Jesus. And I've often just pictured myself like in the day that's really stressful, just laying down on my back, say, Jesus, I'm in your presence. Give me your peace to take the next steps I need to take today. Like You can do this. You can experience him. It changes your life. Give it a shot, I promise you. And let me just say one more thing before we move on to the last point, and that is that um, find an older, mature saint that has walked through a lot of life and has found Jesus to be his or her peace. They know how to do it. They know the tricks to get there, right? The secrets, right? They know how to find him. And there is a great deal of peace found in just sharing your heart and your struggle and your battles with another person, and a particularly an older person that can help you walk with Jesus and find him to be your strength. Find that person. And older people, be, make yourself available, right? Find a young person in this room and take them out to coffee and just be a friend. Like, let's connect. We need to connect the generations in this church. We are blessed in this church with the generations. It is so unique. Right? A lot of churches are really, really young and cool, and a lot of churches are really, really old, and I wonder how many, long, how many more days are going to be open, but we got all the generations, right? We got them all. Let's connect. Let's take advantage of this, right? We got this. All right. So that's what you do. Take his yoke upon you. Walk with him and obey him. Three, why do it? Like, why do this? And that's in verse 30. This is it. It says, here's why. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Doesn't that sound good? Right? To follow and walk in submission to Jesus, that yoke is easy and the burden of that is light. Now, that doesn't say your life is easy, right? That's not what this verse is saying, right? If you sign up to be a Christian, your life's hard. But it's saying that walking with Jesus in obedience to him is the easy path to walk through the storm, right? The way of disobedience is long and hard. And all the people said, yeah, right? It is. It's long and hard. We used to call it in our men's group that we did called going around the mountain. Like if you choose to disobey God and not do in his way, you'd go around the mountain. 
right? Go around the mountain, learn it the hard way, put on the heavy mat pack, 100 pounds, right? All the way around through the storm, come back. Have we learned our lesson yet? No, we got to go around the mountain again, right? Like, and, and you keep going around the mountain until you learn to do it God's way, which is the easy way, <laughs> right? Don't do it your way. Do it God's way. I was, uh, <laughs> I was out walking yesterday, and uh, as I walked to the top of a hill, there was a, a younger woman running up the hill. Looked hard, looked laborious to me. She was running up the hill this way. And she got to the top, and she stopped as I was walking by her, and she goes, happy heart. <laughs> I just said, happy heart. She knew she was doing good things that were happy and healthy for her. That's what this is. Like, the, my yoke is easy. This is what makes our heart happy. When we serve and walk with Jesus and do it his way, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. I, I often get asked, what is God's will for me? What am I to do here, right? And oftentimes people are bringing questions about should I live in Utah or should I move to Washington or New York or wherever. And sometimes they're asking about certain jobs and what should I do this job or that job or maybe even who should I marry. But when we talk about God's will and you look at the scripture, primarily he talks about the kind of person you're to be. He's far less concerned about where you are or what you're doing, but who you are. And that you can do anywhere. No matter where you're at, you can be his kind of person. And so he says, just love me and put me first. Augustine said it well this way. He said, love God and then do what you want. <laughs> right? That's freedom. That's the freedom of the gospel. It's the freedom of the yoke. When we give our lives to Jesus and put him first, surrender to him, we love him. And then we do what gives us joy. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Ben, come on up. Jesus, in an illustration, said it this way, to build your house on the rock, to hear God's word and obey it. And when the storms come, you will stand. And if you build your life on disobedience and doing it your way, when the storms come, they'll just wipe you out. I, mean, I, I was having kind of a stormy week this week. A lot of us were, especially when you get ready for a big weekend like this. There's a lot of spiritual pressure that comes at you, and, and a lot of attacks come your way. And we were, a lot of us were having kind of stormy weeks this week. But here's what we knew. We were obeying God. We were walking in his will. We were walking in the best we knew how to walk in holiness. And the the house will stand. But it's in those days when you're walking away from God and that storm comes, you know you're in trouble. It's not the way to live. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord, they go to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. You love that? The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts, happy hearts, are completely his. Completely his. All he asks of us is our heart. And he says he'll support us in all we do. That he is for us, Christians. 
He is for us as His children. He is a good Father. Psalm 139 verse 5 says that He goes before us and plans a path ahead of us. He comes behind us and blocks the people that are coming after us and He lays His hand of blessing right on top of our head. He gives us the blessings of God. And He says He promises this to them that will follow Him. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him and His righteousness on their children and their children and their children to those who keep His covenant, <laughs> those whose hearts are completely His.